joy to the world indeed as we continue in our Advent season, leading us up to a celebration of Christmas. Well, that happened, but... Uh, I do invite you to open your Bibles and uh, keep them from falling over uh, to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. So, last week we recognized that we actually were with the wise men who actually come after, um, but here in week three of Advent, we turn our attention to the shepherds and to their invitation into Christ's birth, into the story of God's redemption. So, in Luke chapter 2, at verse 8, we get really the first witnesses. Outside of Mary and Joseph, whom God has been preparing for this moment, now this whole other crowd of people is invited into the story. And they're unlikely because they're outsiders, they're far away, they're distant, and yet God chooses them. Not just to shepherd sheep, but to shepherd the good tidings of great joy that Christ was born into the world. So, as we read from Luke 2, verses 8 through 20 together, we pray for God's blessing upon the word. Let's pray together. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Jesus, our Savior, our Redeemer, who is born into the world, who is celebrated by shepherds, who is visited by the Magi from the East. Lord, May your birth be our joy this day. Move your Holy Spirit where we can be strengthened where we need strength, convicted where we need conviction, and in all things, be more focused, more deeply loving of who you are in all things. In your name we pray, amen. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, rightly so. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. And found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'll tell you a story, and I want to assure you that it is a true story, but it is not my story. 
This was passed along to me um, by an older and wiser pastor who had been in ministry for some time. And he told me the story that at his first church, his first call, fresh out of seminary, he had a congregant who is a relentless critic. The type of critic that always finds something wrong with everything, and their piercing eyes were always watching him up front. And it was beyond the shadow of a doubt that after service in the narthex, you couldn't get to coffee without being accosted by this person. And he would hear week after week, well, why, why do we always do this? Why do we never do that? Here's the things that were wrong with the service. Here is the music or how you said it. And of course, often this is hurtful in any profession, the comparisons to those far better who came before as well. Although the pastor said he did uh, get to chat with some of those who came before and was like, oh, no, no, I wasn't any good either. Generational things transpire. But there is the continued, just vitriol, just accusation after accusation. And he learned that there was no really way to win. There was no appeasing this person and yes, got to know more of their story and everything else and could empathize, but there, there was no talking down off the ledge of just what would be week after week after week. And after a few years of this, he admitted that it was really wearing on him. And, and it was during the Advent season that he especially felt most threatened because Advent should be the season of expectation of Christ's coming. Advent should be a season of the joy that we long for in Christ being born into the world. And it's really hard to preach about joy when you just feel like you're getting stared down, that someone's going to pick, 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 pick at your joy. That will wear on you. So it's best to hear them both tell the story. A particular pastor, his wife, uh, had a suggestion for him that he put into practice. She's like, you know what? Like, you can't win against this person. Here's what I want you to do. Go out and buy yourself a Christmas present, whatever you want, buy something special, kind of off the wall, whatever you think will bring you some joy. Buy yourself that Christmas present, and then I will wrap it, and I will put it under the tree, and I will address it as if it is to you from that person. Now, you get that this is kind of an exercise in self-deception, but it's also an exercise in shepherding our joy. And maybe for you, it might be a customer that you have, a client, a supervisor, a supervisee, a particular employee. It might be a family member who's always pick, 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 picking away at your joy. It might be a friend that you can't have a good conversation with without hearing everything that's wrong, and on and on and on. Those who pick, pick, pick away at your joy. And so, he would give himself a Christmas present to himself, but from this individual. Not that it changed anything about them, and not that they ever told the person that they were doing this, but rather it changed his attitude and perspective towards them, so that even as he listened to the barrage of complaints, in his heart he was also like, thank you so much for Karl Barth's commentary on Romans. Thank you so much for the, I don't know, the, the first sources of St. Cyprian. I don't know. This pastor's better read than I am. But it changed something just to be able to look at the person and be grateful. 
And it was a way of protecting and saying, you know what? I need to hold on to the joy of Christ being born. I need the third candle, the one of joy that stands out. I need that joy to be protected. And I have to do something to insulate myself from that which will pick, 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 pick away at my joy. Friends, week three of Advent, we've got the shepherds, we've got joy. And the shepherds are given the task of being the witnesses. So they do shepherd the good news of Christ being born. I want us also to approach the lens of how do we shepherd our joy? How are you a shepherd of the joy that God has given us in this season? And maybe to do that, we need to first think about what are the things that will take away from our joy? And certainly this season is one of busy, 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 busy. Students are at all levels are getting ready for end of year stuff for the big papers, the long papers, the big final exams. Teachers are gearing up for all of this as well. We're all gearing up for holiday parties and celebrations and there's shopping to be done and goodies to figure out. And this is a hard time for families too, is it not? Choosing where are we going to go, how are we going to spend our time. Families are actively choosing in the months of October and November, who will we risk disappointing by where we're going to go and not go this year. And every family has somebody who pick, 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 picks away at our joy just by their presence. And if you're like, hey, good thing my family doesn't have one of those, it's probably you. <laughs> so beware. There's always one, isn't there? who it's like, ah, oh, Merry Christmas. Where's the eggshells that we can walk on? Things will pick away at our joy. And it will become more and more about the things that become distractions. And business people have end-of-year things to do. It's just a busy season. And it brings out the best of us. It also brings out our most anxious, stressful, and frankly stupid responses to other people's behavior. How do we shepherd our joy? Because our joy in this season, the joy is that Christ is coming into the world. Our singular joy at Christmas time is that Christ was born in Bethlehem in Judea, according to the scriptures, that our Savior, our Messiah, the Christ, was born to save us, and that this is our story, and that this is the good news, and that is the singular source of our joy in this season. But there will always be those forces which seek to extinguish our joy. And it'll pick, 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 pick away at us. So how do we shepherd our joy well? <clears throat> maybe through well-practiced self-deception. Maybe give yourself a Christmas person from the person that you know is just not really a gift to be around. Maybe give yourself a Christmas present from your company. If, eh, work is work, meh, if that's how we're feeling about it. Give yourself a Christmas gift, sure. Although also the more obvious and more spiritual and virtuous path first is to actively pray for those whom unintentionally seem to persecute you and your joy. Because in the act of praying for them, God will actually transform your heart and help you shepherd your joy long before you might see any change in them or their behavior. But we enter this season with some overwhelm, don't we? Well, how do we shepherd our joy? Scripture doesn't give us a recipe for this, and yet we pick up some pretty important information from just who was given the joy, the good tidings of great joy for all people in Luke chapter 2. Who was it? The shepherds. 
And, and we know that shepherds watch sheep. That's what they do, right? They, they're out in the fields. They're kind of smelly. They watch sheep. But what's the measure of success for a shepherd? How do you know if a shepherd is, is doing a good job if they're shepherding well? A successful shepherd protects their sheep. The shepherd guards their sheep and watches over them. And even though in most cases, the sheep probably don't even belong to the shepherds, the shepherds have to treat those sheep as if they are their own. Think of King David explaining before he was king, in his days as a shepherd boy, explaining to King Saul, I ain't scared of Goliath. If a bear or a lion comes out of the woods, I will curse smackety it with a club just to remove a lamb from the jaws of a predator. I will take care of that lamb as if it is my own. I will cherish it and I will protect it and I will keep watch over it. I will also nurture it. Shepherds know how to protect and guard and keep. That is their task. That is our task. But shepherds also know how to listen and be vigilant. They know how to notice when something is wrong, when something is on edge. Us shepherding one another is in this season to notice those who seem something's wrong, something's a little bit off, or even just to say, I know it's been hard. I'm here for you. Shepherds guard and protect. They also care and nurture. We are called to be shepherds of our joy. And, of course, the other thing that shepherds ought to be doing, a measure of their success, all the way back to the days of Jacob when he was working for his uncle Laban, shepherds are really good at making their flocks bigger. Animal husbandry, breeding the strongest with the strong to make their flock bigger and stronger and great and on and on and on. And so we are people, if we are shepherds of joy, if you are to go from this place with a renewed vision of what it means to shepherd joy, there should be a desire that joy will become increasingly more so. However, sometimes it has to be enough to say the one sheep of joy that I will guard and protect and nurture is to remember that of all the other stuff, of all the other stress, of all the other hurt and frustration and pain in the world, I will shepherd the reminder that Christmas is about Christ being born, that he was born for me, he was born for those you love, he was born for those who drive you crazy. Christ was born into the world, and this is our joy that we guard and protect, like shepherds. And we also would hope that it would multiply. The shepherds didn't keep the joy to themselves. When they received the good tidings of great joy, they started talking to everybody. And word spread concerning the things that were just as the shepherds had found, just as the angels had told to them. The shepherds shared good news. They said, this is the one good thing that is happening right here, right now, and everybody has to know about it. And so I would long for all of us to have abundant flocks of joy at Christmas time, that all of the family gatherings would be a joy and celebration, that every gift that we search for would be something that we could cherish and enjoy finding, that finishing up the school year or the business year could be one of celebration and be all quite pleasant. However, that's not always the reality we're confronted with. And so even when the flock is not large, even when it's small, that doesn't make it any less precious. Remember, our joy in this season as Christians, is to recognize and celebrate that Christ 
was born into the world for us, that God's salvation story affirms that God's not done with us yet, that God is going to continue to invest in us, and that his plan of redemption for us, for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life and the resurrection of the body will continue on. This is our joy to shepherd, to guard and protect it, say, nope, the things that will pick, 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 pick away at it, I will not let take away from me why I celebrate this season and also to share that joy as widely as we can, as broadly as we can, and to let it permeate us, to let it be part of who we are, that we guard this one simple joy. Shepherd your joy. Guard it and protect it, but not in a hostile way, but in a way of rejoicing. Because we know Scripture tells us in the Gospel of John that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. There will always be situations and even people who will come to take away our joy. Whether they intend to or whether they don't intend to is completely unprovable because only God knows the hearts and minds and motives of our neighbors. Our job is to shepherd our joy, to protect it, and to remember it. A good shepherd does not forget their sheep. They don't forget the reason that they're out in the field. They remember always and are vigilant. They're watching to make sure that nothing's going to steal the sheep away. They're also watching over the sheep to make sure that they're healthy and well. Tend to the joy to remember that healthy and well within your heart through every tense moment over the next few weeks is the original reason for the season that Christ is born, that that is planted so deeply in our heart that nothing and no one can take it away. And friends, if we shepherd our joy with all of our heart and mind and soul and strength, if we so intensely shepherd that the reason that we celebrate Christmas is that Christ was born into the world, we will find out that as we were shepherding that joy, Christ, the good shepherd, was shepherding us all along. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.